What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. We are deep diving into creating a life you love with Dr. Joan Rosenberg today. She's a best-selling author, a consultant, media expert, and a master clinician. She's a cutting-edge psychologist who is known globally as an innovative thinker, acclaimed speaker, and trainer. As a two-time TEDx speaker and member of the Association of Transformational Leaders, she has been recognized for her thought leadership and global influence in personal development. Along with serving as a blogger for Psychology Today, Dr. Rosenberg has been a featured expert in multiple documentaries. She's been seen on CNN's American Morning and ABC, CBS, Fox, PBS, and OWN Networks. She's also seen in Forbes and Women's World and has made appearances on radio interviews in major metropolitan markets. She's a California licensed psychologist. Dr. Rosenberg speaks on how to build confidence, emotional strength, and resilience, how to achieve emotional and conversational and relationship mastery, how to integrate neuroscience and psychotherapy, and suicide prevention. An Air Force veteran, she is a professor of graduate psychology at Pepperdine 
University in Los Angeles, California. Her latest book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love, How to Master Your Difficult Feelings to Cultivate Lasting Confidence, Resilience, and Authenticity was released in February 2019. You can find more about her at drjoanrosenberg.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Healthy Vibrant You. And I have Dr. Joan Rosenberg with me today. We just had a really great recording for another project that I'm working on. And I'm so excited to have her here to share some brilliance. You all can find her everywhere online and on TV and TED Talks and everything like this. But uh, let's just uh, jump on in, Dr. Rosenberg. I just love what you were talking about with confidence, with self-criticism. Let's really deep dive into self-criticism because that's something men, women, kids, we're teaching our kids. We don't even realize we're teaching our kids criticism. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, the first thing to understand in my world is that as much as harsh self-criticism is a problem, I don't look at it as a problem in and of itself. Again, I know it, yeah. <laughs> but, but instead what I think about harsh self-criticism or negative self-talk or self-trash talk, however you have it in your own mind, is uh, it's really a distraction from unpleasant feelings. And that what I, I think of it in essence as a thought hijack of people experiencing unpleasant feelings and that it, people are very, very quick when they start to feel something that feels uncomfortable to them, <clears throat> to switch that over to a thought of how poorly they did or um, what a poor example of a human being they are, or again, the, the extent yeah. to which people, the extent to, to which people go in terms of what they tell themselves is pretty severe. Right. So, uh, and all of that for me is really a distraction from unpleasant feelings. Well, I think that's, I mean, everybody has heard the line of that. If, if we spoke to other people the way that we speak to ourselves, like we wouldn't have any friends with the way that we do it to ourselves. And maybe some people aren't even aware that they're doing it. But if we just become conscious of the words that we're saying. Right. Right. So what would you suggest on, on strategy steps for that for people? So the first thing I want people to do is to identify the feeling that's underneath. And I use eight that kind of repeatedly. It's like, that's the core essence of of a body of my work. Mm -hmm. So the eight that I would have people start with are sadness, shame, helplessness, anger, vulnerability, embarrassment, disappointment, and frustration. And, and the challenge here is that not only do we move into harsh self-criticism and to get away from those feelings, we also, if we don't like feeling some of them, we turn some of those feelings into something else. So, for example, and again, I'm going to be stereotypical for a moment, so bear with my, my choice to do this. Men will often turn the, what we might call the softer feelings of sadness, vulnerability, and disappointment. And the only way it it is shown externally is by anger. Mm -hmm. So what's underneath that anger are those, are those three feelings or, or one will 
take those three feelings and be, start to be super critical of oneself. Uh, women might take, so again, I'm going to be stereotypical for the moment. Women might take the harder feelings like anger and frustration and turn them into sadness and disappointment. So instead of it coming out as, you know, doggone it, why did you, you know, what, what happened here? I don't like that. And the anger coming out, instead it's sad and, and it's retreating and it's more internalized as opposed to external where it belongs. Or it, be, it becomes all that self-trash talk again. So, so what do you do? The, the, the most important thing is start by noticing how frequently, noticing not only how frequently, but what you're saying to yourself. Hey, Dr. Lisa here. Guess what I have for you. I've got some new amazing products coming out. I have some great cookbooks and supplements and courses and all sorts of stuff. And because you've been such a loyal listener, I don't want you to miss out on these specials. So make sure you head on over to drlisao.com and opt on in over there so that way you will be the first to know when we promote some of our specials specifically for podcast listeners. So check it out, drlisao.com. Right. <clears throat> Catch yourself in the act of, of trash talking. But don't try to dissect that. Just go, oh, I'm into a thought hijack right now. What was really going on that felt super uncomfortable, super uncomfortable to me or felt unbearable or intolerable that what I did is I tried to take charge of it with my thoughts instead of handling it at the feeling level, which is where it was harder for me. That's huge. And then, right. And then kind of go in reverse and go, what was, what, what, what were the feelings that I felt triggered by that led me into then trying to take charge of it with my thoughts? And again, I can give an example if it's yeah. helpful. Go ahead. Yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead. <clears throat> the example, and I use this in the book, the example I gave was a, a graduate student that I was working with and he was, he was hard science, chemistry, trying to work on his dissertation, and, which is a difficult and frustrating experience. <laughs> and, and he didn't handle frustration very well. And he was having a hard time. So he was talking to me about his frustration, but it quickly di um, diverged yeah. or something. It diverged <laughs> into the, uh, me hearing him say, I'm unworthy, inadequate, and undeserving. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Just a moment ago, we were on frustration, on your disappointment and anger. How did we get to undeserving and adequate and not worthwhile? And that's when it dawned on me that we don't have control over that we feel or what we feel. Once it's in our conscious awareness, we can kind of work with it. We can modulate it. We can do other things with it. We can reason, we can understand, we can make sense of, but we can't stop uh, the aliveness of our own spontaneous reactions to life. Right. What we, can, what we are in charge of, though, to some relative degree, is how and what we think. And that's when I realized that, that our thinking is hijacking the feeling. And so much of that, I think every single person that... Um 
and not to generalize, but unworthiness lies or runs deep in a lot of people. Um, so then. I have my thoughts about that one too. Okay. Yeah. So like, so just go in on that one <laughs> because I feel as if that's something so many people struggle and they don't even realize that that's a problem or I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so think of four things people commonly say unworthy, undeserving, uh, unworthy, not deserving, inadequate, not enough. Not enough. Oh my gosh. You hear that all the time. Yeah. Right. Right. But are those feelings? No. They're judgments. Yeah. They're thoughts. They're evaluations. So when somebody says I'm undeserving or I'm not enough, that's not a feeling. True. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Right? So so I so anytime since anybody uses those four words or those four combination of words, my mind just dismisses, like I blow right past the feeling quality of it because I know it's not a feeling. It's a judgment. Got it. And that's so, then so then what's really going on? Oh, I'm sad that this didn't work out. Oh, I'm disappointed that that, that thing didn't happen. Ah. But I try to hijack it by saying, no, I'm undeserving or I'm, I'm just not enough. That is, yeah. Wow. How about, like, this is just completely off like it's still on topic, not off topic. Following you, it's all right. Yeah, no, no, no. I have um, my I have a niece who is you know very young, so she's three. But at two years old, I was talking with my sister, and she's like, "It was hysterical." And I hope my sister's okay with me saying this. But she said she just walks in front of the mirror, and she's like, "You are so pretty. You are so whatever. You know, just all the positive things that they could say." And my sister's like, "I'm absolutely fine with that because I have heard, especially as women, by five years old, like that's the height of our or the height of our self confidence, and then it just." crashes in so how can we help encourage our children and even those around us so that way we're not creating such self self-deprecating behavior <laughs> i guess that's right. where i'm looking yeah. well so let me let me expand our age yeah. range if i can yeah. so so i my thing is uh, we're talking about children under 20 and we're also talking about yeah. children that are over, over <laughs> okay sounds great all right <laughs> all, yeah so, so this so it fits for all mm. the, the first thing that i would do is help people build the emotional muscle to stay present to whatever the feeling is and just to leave it there so one of the most important things you can teach children as they as they age is is to handle the disappointments don't protect them from the disappointments thank you yeah or the sadness is or don't, and don't act like they're not there. Help them negotiate what it feels like to experience that. And then that next step, which is to keep going. Okay. Persevere. I know it's hard, honey, but you know what? I know you've got it in you to do this, right? I, and I don't know, I know you don't like certain things. You'll thank me later. <laughs> keep practicing piano, I don't care. Right. <laughs> or violin or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I know this is hard. So that what you want to help them do is you want to help them experience the unpleasant feeling states that are part of every, every person's experience of making progress on something. Mm -hmm. fact, what I love to say is that we, most of us 
Brian Tracy says we fail our way to success. I like to say we disappoint our way to success. Oh, I like that. So, so every one of us has to go through some measure of frustration and disappointment and sadness and whatever it might be, embarrassment to get to where we want to be. And to be so okay the, more, the more a parent can help the child stay with the feeling, name the feeling, make sense of the feeling or make sense of the experience, and then to choose to persevere so a child experiences both progress at progress in the ideal mastery and complete or progress, I would say progress, completion, and then mastery, the more that child is going to succeed later in life. I think of and, this latest generation that just got particip participation trophies for everything. It's not, yeah, well, I mean, I, the validation is nice, but it doesn't, it doesn't really they never. Serve. I, I always go back to like, I was the fat kid in, in school that was never picked first, right? I was always the last one picked for the team. I understand disappointment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you also understand being on the other side of that too, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, so it took something for you to get there and it's the getting there part that actually helped you develop the confidence and everything else. Yeah. Oh, so brilliant. I love all of this. What are, let's, let's continue. Let's talk about the resilience. Okay. Because that's a big portion of what you do too. Again, well, resilience, a foundational piece for me is being able to handle the eight unpleasant feelings that I think I uh, Yeah, mentioned. yes, yes, right. yep. So, so, it's, so the, that for me is the foundational piece. The next step is that you are open and willing to ask for help and to see asking for help as part of emotional strength. I consider being able to deal with the unpleasant feelings as feeling capable in life which helps resilience and that asking for help, acknowledging your needs and limitations and being able to ask for help is being resourceful in life. So to me, those, those two elements define emotional strength. So that emotional strength, of course, is part of resilience. Uh, again, then I would say basic, keep, keep in mind basic kinds of things. So the, all the things that support our physical well-being. So sunlight, exercise, sleep, supplements, um, all, the, all those kinds of things, um, good nutrition good will make a huge difference. Um, being in community makes a huge difference. So ten, the tendency is that when we're upset, there's a, you know, we, there, we back up, we withdraw, we shut down. And my thing is that's not going to help anybody be resilient, that it's actually being well connected to others and being in community letting people know what's really going on for you makes a huge difference. And then um, other kinds of things, well, again, other, some other basics, prayer, meditation, faith-based practices, uh, journaling, that can help. Is huge. But, but, but so again, there's a, so there's a, a, a wide array of things that we can do. And the other big piece for me around resilience has to do with what I call resilient thinking. And resilient thinking is, in my mind, is comprised of two elements. One, is, or one involves resilient attitudes, holding resilient attitudes and beliefs. And the second has to do with asking resilient questions. So the resilient attitudes might, uh, it might be something like, um, I'm going to persevere no matter what. Or uh, every life experience is a learning experience for me. 
And again, there's a countless number of, of things that we can hold that like that, that can make a big difference. The resilient question part is, and again, it, we're referencing this earlier in terms of COVID and, and handling the pandemic and all those kinds of things. And, and when it doesn't matter what it is, it could be this experience or anything other, anything else that is challenging, which would be to then ask questions like, how can I use this experience to bring the best out of me? Yeah. As one example, or, you know, I've persevered in difficult circumstances before and challenging experiences before and succeeded. What talents or skills or attitudes did I hold then that helped me succeed like that? And how can I apply them now? Yeah. So... We can generate any number of, of, again, those attitudes and beliefs as well as the question. Do you have people journal on these, like as they think of those? And yeah. do you have, how about this? I keep thinking like, what is your set routine for all of, do you have a set routine in the morning that you go through all of this with meditation and journaling and that type of thing? Or I do, yeah, there's an end yeah. gratitude. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I, it's what I always just tell even my patients. I'm like three things before bed whatever you're grateful for, you know, program the mind here first so that way you're not conscious of whatever news they just watched. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and get off the news, frankly. Oh my gosh. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was talking no, about So it's uh, gratitude, gratitude and tension. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, journaling, some meditation. And then at, the, at, at night, I think it's equally as important to do gratitude. And, mm -hmm. and there's another that I draw actually from Dan Sullivan. He likes to have people capture wins. Oh, that's nice. So, so that what you're focused on is what, gee, what went well throughout yes. the day, or you can think about what didn't correct it mentally mm -hmm. and then, and then capture the wins. I like that. I absolutely love that. Share with them where they can find some more information about you. And actually I'm going to, uh, we'll give them the title of your book too. So I don't mess it up since I already have done that once on the other show. <laughs> <laughs> The book is 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. And the subtitle, which is really the key focus I want you to dial in on, is How to Master Your Difficult Feelings to Cultivate Lasting Confidence, Resilience, and Authenticity. And they can find me, drjoanrosenberg.com is the easiest. Uh, if they want to download anything, drjoanrosenberg.com forward slash gift would be Great. And then uh, there's two TED Talks. There's a LinkedIn learning course. There's blogs. There's there's a lot out there. So and any number of other interviews as well. So if people uh, want to search me out and also all the social media handles are pretty much Dr. Joan Rosenberg. Yep. R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G. Right. On Instagram, Twitter, etc. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This was so brilliant. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. 
All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.